God, that we bless you. Father, we just bless you this morning. God, I know that you've done something different. God, I'm still trying to learn. (laughs) But I know you've done something different. So Holy Spirit, I would ask that you would keep the hearts and the minds of of this people in a, a posture of worship as you've already begun to do. God, that throughout the time that your word is being spoken and Father, that truth would be unveiled in the hearts of your people. That God, that we would become more, more cognizant of, of what transpires and what's, what's possible that could take place in our lives and, and we not even really know it. God, the last thing that your people want is to have a gospel that they're trying to live tainted by things that are not so. God, don't allow us to walk in ignorance. Father, allow us to, to gain understanding and truth from your word. Father, that we may be guarded that we may be steadfast, not wavering, but committed. Father, everything that you do, just like this song, Father, we exalt you. That means making you bigger than life. That means making you bigger than our problem. That means making you bigger than anything else that we could ever come across. God, our our circumstances, our finances, our, our health, our relationships, God, we exalt you because we know that you're bigger. So, Father, whatever we do today, may it exalt you in our life. And, Father, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Make sure you... Thank somebody for sitting by you this morning. They may need someone to hold on to. We've uh, we've been in a series on destroyed within, and we've been talking about the the leavens that Jesus warns us of through Scripture and. We've talked about the Pharisee leaven. We've talked about the Sadducee leaven. The Pharisee leaven being the the um, the leaven of the church. Um, we we have to be careful because sometimes this leaven of the Pharisees can creep in because there's been truth added to or there's been things added to truth let me put it that way and 
we look at the Pharisees in Scripture and it was over and over and over and over again that they just figured that they would, let's just add one more. Let's just add one more. There was no longer just the Ten Commandments. They didn't do away with the Ten Commandments. If you looked at it that way, I look at it like this. They'd done away with the Ten Commandments when they began to add. Um, it became 630 or whatever it was. Um, but they, the Pharisee leaven would always put pressure on those around them to do better than what they were doing, and they would judge them based on what they could do. Um, and as you would see the Pharisees, you would see them in a, a position of they're, they're holy and righteous, and they always done right. They carried themselves well. They dressed in fine garments. They appeared to be something in the eyes of the world or the eyes of the public that they probably weren't, in most cases, behind closed doors. Um, so we have to be aware of the Pharisee leaven, leaven the Sadducee leaven. The, the, this was the leaven that we talked about when, when people would, they, they would take portion of Scripture basically. Oh, we believe this part and this part, but we don't believe in miracles. They, they didn't believe in the power of God. Um, they didn't believe in the resurrection um, they would actually question Jesus in public. And this morning what we're going to do now, we're going to talk about the Herodian. And I've never really, I, I never realized about the Herodian leaven. Um, what type of an effect that it does have on the church. And many of you sitting here this morning, there's going to be a lot of people that are actually going to watch and see that their life also has been infiltrated by this Herodian leaven. The Herodian leaven was, um, it's a government leaven. Um, it's a government influence in your life. How many of you know right now we stand in the midst of the government influencing the church? And many people get scared and they run back to the corners of their house and they don't want to talk about that because there's such a thing as separation of church and state. And they consider that to be church can't talk about government. Eh, wrong. Um, that's the problem with our government now. The church has not taken a stance against the government. Um, you just have to do your own research on the separation of church and state. But it has nothing to do about me not being able to preach against what the government is actually um, portraying or trying to implement into churches that has nothing to do with any of that. Um, I should be able to stand and promote a candidate that I feel that stands according to God's scripture and give you scripture with it um, without the fear of being thrown in jail. And I don't have that fear. I don't really care. But um, the church has since backed away from because they started pushing that idea um, of separation of church and state. Um, basically, it's just basically saying that the United States doesn't have one centralized religion. So if I, if I had to simplify it, that's the simplest form that I could put it. Um, it just basically says that Catholicism, it's not going to be the religion of the United States. Um, the AG, it's not going to be the Pentecostal holiness. It's not going to be it's the Lutheran. It's not going to be, you get what I'm saying? That's, that's basically what that was. Um, but as far as me standing and telling you that the government is wrong in this according to Scripture and the government is wrong in this according to Scripture, I will do and can do. 
not by the authority of the power of the government, but by the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit and that word. Um, so that's kind of where we stand. So the Herodian leaven has infiltrated the church horrifically. Um, and churches aren't even realizing it um, because we hear these phrases of conservative Christians. So as soon as we hear the word conservative Christian, we automatically assume they're Republican. I'm going to offend both parties on the edges, I promise you. Um, I'm not coming after just one, I'm coming after both of you. Um, because before even those parties were even thought about, there was a kingdom that had taken place. And that king was not voted in and he wasn't able to be voted out. Um, somebody didn't seat him, he sat himself. Um, so he doesn't need your permission nor my permission to do as he wills. The problem is the church will not allow him to do as he wills because the church has been leavened. Mark eight fifteen. Probably more of a teach this morning than a preach, which is fine by me. I don't feel like I could do any yelling this morning. <clears throat> Mark 8, 15, then he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod, the Herodian leaven. In, in Mark, we find that the Herodians, they always appeared to be alongside the Pharisees. If you, if you read through there where you see the Herodians, you're going to find Pharisees are attached with them in some form or fashion. And it, it's surprising for a couple of different reasons because, num number one, the Pharisees opposed, um, they opposed Hellenism, um, which basically, it was, it was the blending of, of Greek and non-Greek together. They opposed that. Um, they also, they weren't as strict on the laws as the Pharisees were. Um, so to find these two parties actually coinciding, co-mingling, um, cohabitating, and whatever else you want to call co, it was, it was kind of funny to find these two coming together. Until you really look at the, the reason and the purpose behind why these two would, would form, form arms together. There was one person, this, this will show you just how strong this can be if we aren't careful, but there was, there was one person that was the primary enemy of both. It's amazing how much this person and that person, even though all your other, even though all your other beliefs are wrong, or I'm not going to say wrong, all that your other beliefs are different from the one setting with you or beside you or whatever. Even though both of you live two separate, two separate lives. You raise your children different. You go to, maybe you go to different churches. Um, you have different ideas and thoughts on environment. But because you hate one person so much, you can come together and hate him together. Or hate her together. 
And that's what the Herodians and the Pharisees were doing. They hated Jesus so much that they decided to come in together and coexist so that they could bring up charges against the king of kings and so that they could annihilate him and do away with him because the government definitely didn't want him rising up. This is why, this is why King Herod actually put John the Baptist in prison. It wasn't because of anything other than John the Baptist, he had so many followers, Herod went, wait a minute, he can get everybody together and he might just stir up an uprising and we have to stop. Why do you think the government shuts churches down? Why do you think the government's going against the churches? Because the churches are forming arms together, they're actually believing what scripture says and they're trying to push forth the kingdom purpose and the government doesn't want anything to do with it. They want us to be submissive to them, us to be underhanded all the time. And Jesus is saying, no, we are to be victorious. We are to be the head and not the tail. We are to lead, not follow. We are to lend, not borrow. But when we get dealing with, with the government issues, we start seeing that churches will then begin not just preaching truth from the word, but they will begin to leaven it. Come on. Okay. I'm a, I told y'all I was going to make you mad and I don't care. We've got preachers out there that was screaming and hollering and ranting and raving on Facebook, YouTube. Oh, he became one of the big, the big time stars during all the COVID. Because he wasn't going to close his doors and do whatever. And that's fine. I, I, was, I was with him on that. But he started saying, you can't be a Christian and vote Democrat. I'm just, I'm giving you some of the Herodian leaven. Please listen. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going against anybody. I'm going against the leaven. This is what I'm going against. But he's saying you can't do it this way. Then I've got other preachers. Now they're of the same, they're of the same cloth, if you will. They're supposed to be ministers of the gospel. They were supposed to have been called, appointed, and anointed, set apart to preach the truth. And now I've got, these, I've got this preacher saying you can't vote Democrat and be a Christian. And I've got this person calling out, won't even call his name, but I call him number 43, and telling that you can't vote for him and be a Christian. And I'm sitting here going, we're the church. What's the problem? Since when is it authorized for a pastor to stand behind the pulpit and degrade either side instead of promoting one side? The day that I get so caught up in my belief outside of this word, that I stand and promote only one side of the ticket or one side on the other side of the ticket, over top, promoting this, I have a problem. I have been infected. You have been infected. Can we bring drinks in for everybody? It's going to be a hard pill to swallow this morning, isn't it? Because I've already, I've already jumped on all of your toes 
on both sides of the stick already. Because some won't vote but one way, some won't vote but another way. Well, that, there's no way that you, okay, that's fine, I get you. I get you. It's hard to vote against one thing when the Bible says that you shouldn't. It's hard to vote against another thing when the Bible says, I get it. But the moment that you take the entire ballot, you're not going to like me. You can be a conservative Christian, but you better live the truth. See, some of you probably went in and checked off a Democrat that was all for getting rid of abortion. And you checked him off, or her, whatever. I'm not, saying, I'm not talking about just the higher level. I'm talking about all the way down. I mean, there's other votes than just the president and the vice president. So this is what I'm talking about. And we've allowed, we've allowed the government to leaven churches. So now, oh, I'm, just hang on. I, I've got to give you some, I've got to give you a base. If I don't give you a base, everything that we put on top of is going to fall apart. The moment that the churches begin to allow the government to come in and to dictate what they can and cannot say, and the church allows that, we got a problem. Immediate. That's right up front. We have a problem. Because what the Herodian leaven is, it's all about their agenda. Come on, listen. I don't watch news, but I pass by some nonsense that Every once in a while will get my attention. I'm going, how in the world are these people even voted into office? I mean, I'm listening to some ignorant stuff come out of people's mouths, and they actually think that what they're saying is true. And I'm going, how in the world are they even voted into office? And why is the church... Standing back and allowing such things. Because we're conservative Christians. We don't step. I'm not telling you to go out and do everything that all the other world was doing and causing all that stuff and, and hurting, hurting people. And I'm not telling you to do that. But you have a voice as a church. You have a voice as one of the children of God. You've got a voice. Are you voicing your voice? Or are you just complaining to others? And we have to be extremely careful in what we are and are not doing as a church. The church has lost its power. I'm not talking about governmental power. The church has lost its power. Our power is in the Holy Spirit. We preach so much Democrat and so much Republican that the Holy Spirit left. We don't think that God can change the heart of man. And we've gotten so evil in our discourse. We've gotten so evil that we have now, we won't pray for a president. We'll pray against a president. We won't pray for a vice president. We pray against a vice president. 
I'm talking both sides of the street. I'm telling y'all now and everybody going, I'm a conservative Christian, and you're automatically thinking of what we got going on right now. Okay, fine. You prayed for him? Not against him. Have you prayed for him? Not that God will fix him, but that he be successful. The last time I checked, there's not a kingdom out there, a kingdom people that wants a king to be a failure because they now have become involved with failure. I don't want any president that we have to be a failure, to be bullied, to be pushed, to be mocked, to be ridiculed. I don't, I don't want that. I want to be successful. And the only way I can be successful is by him being successful. But this is the leaven that has crept into the church. I'm telling you, please go home and research. Start looking around and you will hear preachers, they talk in politics. But they're talking one way or the other. And we've got to find a way that we're not going to just sit and allow the leaven. This is what's happened. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Sorry, Tommy, I didn't give you these this morning. Second Timothy chapter three, starting at verse uh, <clears throat> Well, we might as well just read the whole thing. Because that's what we're in right now anyway, is perilous times. It says, But know this that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. Do you think we have any of those? In the political realm. Do you think anybody is in the political realm right now that loves themselves more than they love the world? They care less. They don't care if the world destructs or not. As long as their agenda is passed, that's what they're about. Okay? All right. Lovers of money. Oh, we don't have any of that. And that's not just in politics. That's in church. Don't get me started on that one. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. <laughs> Whoops. Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form, here's the church, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such, people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households. You think we got any of this going on in homes? 
Some of us probably have it in our own homes. I'm going to say majority of us have it in our own homes already. And we don't even know it. Because it's just... It's just a little bit of leaven, Linda. It just, just a, didn't take much, just a little bit. And here it sets. And what we don't understand is that it's growing. But it grows at such a rate that we don't recognize it. We don't know that it's there. And when somebody does say that it's there, we automatically throw up a cross in front of them and say, get behind me, Satan, and... I don't care what you think. This You can't do that and you can't. Okay, that's fine. Know the scripture. And they make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. <laughs> You're always learning. You know everything about everything else, but you don't know anything about God. Because the leaven's coming in. It's, it's not that you despise God. It's not that you hate God. It's not that you hate anything of the word. It's, it's not that you hate church. I'm, I'm not telling you any of that. I don't want you to get all headstrong on me. I'm just letting you know that there are things. You have to go back to Paul. Paul said, I've done what I didn't want to and I didn't do what I wanted to. You've got to go back to this and you've got to look at this and go, well, how is this even possible with leaven It works at such a low rate, a slow rate, that we don't recognize the immediate change. And over time, we've changed. We think that the education system has gone to indoctrination. What about the churches? Because, see, we have allowed the Pharisee leaven, the Sadducee leaven, and the Herodian leaven inside of churches. Because now you only preach what the conference wants you to preach. Uh, hate mail, whatever. It doesn't even matter. You've got conferences that don't believe in miracles. And you've got people in those conferences. You don't think that's a problem? You've got conferences that don't believe in the Holy Spirit. You've got people in those conferences. You don't think that's a problem? The church has had its taste of leaven. And over time, it has grown. Look what it's grown. It didn't, listen, it didn't happen. The day that Jesus rose from the dead and went back to heaven, there wasn't a thousand denominations. There was still only but one church. One spirit. And one God. It took over time. Eleven. And we wonder why. It's so hard to have breakthroughs Amen. in our life. Yes. Because there's more, there's more to life that matters to me than God. That's why. 
There's more. I've got more things going on in my life right now other than to go to church on a Sunday and hear the word. Or go to church on, he passed to getting legal. No, I'm not getting legal. I'm saying you need to spend time. Don't deny yourself opportunity to spend time with people of like mind, of kindred spirits. For the uplifting of one another, ain't got nothing to do about you putting money in a plate. I don't ask for your money. Give it as God puts on your heart. And I'm done with it at that point. Now I want, I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed financially. I want you there. I want to teach you obedience to God's word. Be holy for he's holy. We, we, have, for, we have forsaken a life of holiness. And I'm not saying that we're going to be perfect. Don't. We're all going to fail here and there. Why? Just because we're, we're knuckleheads. That's why. It's not that we have to. We choose to. You don't fall into sin. You step into sin. You entertain sin through your ignorance. Pastor, I'm about tired of you calling me stupid. I'm... If you are not educating your mind with the Word of God, there's going to be areas in your life that you're going, to, you're going to go and move through it and it's going to be sin and you don't even know it. Does that mean I'm going to go to hell? That, listen, your relationship between you and the Father is between you and the Father. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. If God convicts you on something, you better just change. That's all I can tell you. I'm not going to tell you you're going to go to hell because... You've done something yesterday and you died yesterday in the car. I'm, I'm not telling you. I'm not going there. But, but pastor, we need to. No, you don't. No, make sure that your relationship's right. God said to love me with all your heart. Your mind, your body, your spirit. Love me with all of that. How many of you know if you're truly loving God with all of that, then I'm, I am, I am 100% certain that the love of grace is on your life. I'm 100% certain, Miss Linda. I don't, I don't think that God would ever turn his back on you if you're loving him with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. I just don't believe it. The problem is we love him with a little bit of our mind. A little bit of our body, a little bit of our soul. Because after all, I'm busy. I've got this going on, I've got that going on, I don't have time. Man, I would hate to think that Jesus would have stopped in the middle of a cobblestone street and said, I'm sorry. But you're going to have to go to hell because I've got something else to do. We don't take it seriously anymore. Without Jesus dying on a cross, you and I have no way out. Without Him first loving us, we have nothing to respond to. 
I'm telling you that leaven has crept in. Not only the church, but in your life. And we need to look and search ourselves and figure out what we can do with this leaven that's within us. Because it's made, it's made the church powerless. Now I've gone from being the corporate church to the individual church. To you as a group of people. It's made you powerless. We don't have breakthroughs. We don't have miracles. We, we, we don't, we're not seeing any of this, visiting any of this. We're not experiencing any of it. And we wonder why. We were talking about this the other, because we only sing the first and the fourth verse of the hymnal. <laughs> Listen, I, anybody ever been there other than me? First and the third verse, maybe? First and the fourth? I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to get you to heaven or hell. I'm just saying these are traditions of the denominations. And we will adhere to the tradition, whether the Spirit's moving or not, we will adhere to the tradition. And we don't think it's not making us powerless. The, this leaven of the Herodians is, is likened unto like a, a, a snake. I mean, it's, it's, it is a constrictor. I mean, look at what it says. The church and state, and they harp on that, and they sing on that song. And they're grabbing the pastors and going, well, you can't talk about that. And the pastors, ignorance of themselves, don't even go and go, well, what, what is the church? Why? Well, what do you mean I can't? See, they won't fight back. They just go, oh, oh, okay. Well, turn us off so we don't get in trouble. Now, I want y'all to vote straight down the ballot. And it keeps. Sooner or later, where's the gospel? Oh, now the gospel has come to a point. Now you've got pastors that say, I'm not a pastor. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm sorry, I don't want to motivate you. I want to teach you to be like David and encourage yourself in the Lord. Because if I motivate you now, the only thing it's going to take is somebody not to shake your hand on the way out the door. And all that motivation that you had in here where you were just, whoo, now you're mad. But this is what the leaven is doing across the board, Pharisee, Sadducee, and Herodian. This is what it's doing. It's coming. It's constricting you. And you're allowing it. Well, Pastor, I don't like it when you say you. I'm sorry. You. I'm included in you, obviously, but you. I have to fight it too. But we've got to make a decision in our life and even in the church. When it comes time for the gospel. What will we adhere to? 
can you imagine living in the Old Testament times? I wonder how many people of the actual church would have fallen and given, given way to the Pharisees. Well, they've got to be holy. I mean, they say they don't even walk but this, and they don't do that, and they don't do this. I mean, look at the Herodians and the Pharisees. Y'all remember when they went in? Jesus actually went to the synagogue. He goes back to the synagogue, and there's this man with the withered hand. And he's looking around going, is it, is it, is it better, to, is, is, is it better to, to forgive someone or to heal someone on the Sabbath? Or is it, is it better to kill someone than to heal someone? He, he worded it. It was something like that. But he, he looked, and the, and the Pharisees and the Herodians were there, and nobody answered. Now, all the time, they've been saying that you can't do this. You can't do this because it's the Sabbath. You can't do this. You can't do this. And he said, okay, fine. And I loved how he'd done this because he did come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He knew that work on the Sabbath wasn't a good thing. That wasn't something they looked at or looked favorably. That was a little word, awful hard to say. And Jesus looked at him and asked that nobody said anything. And he looked around and he was, he was actually mad. The Bible says he actually got angry. Now he was hurting, but he was angry. So he looked at the man with the withered hand and he said, okay, fine. Stretch your hand out. And the dude stretched his hand out and his hand was made whole. Jesus didn't do anything. He didn't work. But the man was still healed. Now you know that Herodians and the Pharisees, they have nothing to stand on. Not a leg to stand on. He didn't do anything. He just told the man to stretch out his hand. And that's what he done and it was made whole. Jesus done nothing. But these two groups leave and start talking about how they can do away with Jesus. He done everything right. And they still come after him. The church can do everything right and the government will steal. The pastor can do everything right but they're still going to be a Pharisee. You can show them the miracles and they're still going to be a Sadducee. The leaven's not going to go away. The issue with the leaven is whether or not we will allow it to be put in. I wonder how many of us right now, if I was to take a toll, or take a poll, I wonder how many of us would say we got leaven in our life. Don't answer because I don't want you to be the only one. I'm joking. If you were the only one, everybody else was lying. You probably, you're probably the only holy one. If you said, I got it, everybody else didn't. You, know, you was probably the only holy one at that point. But this is how it goes in our life. This is why I tell you all the time, don't look down on people. Don't talk about people. You don't know what people are going through or anything. Don't allow that leaven, that pharisaical leaven, don't allow it to be put in your bowl. 
Instead of going, well, they ought to be in church. And they go home and pray like that <laughs> for them. That whatever they're going through, that God will touch their life. God will heal them. God will protect them. God will keep them. God will open their eyes. You ain't got to be talking about people all the time. You're opening up a door for that. Guilty. I'll say I'm guilty. I'll talk about my sister, John. Not my sister, John. Because that's not even right. But that would go along with today's times. We want to know why there's confusion. We want to know why we have this, this issue. When's the last time you heard a pastor speak about or against homosexuality? Well, that's going to be hate speech. You can call it whatever you I don't hate them. I'm just telling you according to the Bible, it's wrong. That's, that's all I can say, Miss Linda. Now, I'm here again. I'm not God. And I dare not say that somebody's going to go to hell because God's grace, we, we don't know what God's grace does. Except it protects a lot of hard heads like you. But we've taken grace and now we use it as a license. We know within ourselves it's wrong. We will continue to do anyway. And well, God will forgive me. 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 And we play in the same sin. And God said, it's going to come a time. And I've always asked this question when I've taught on that. I've always asked this question. Was the last time your last time? Will this time be your last time? Will the next time be your last? There, there's going to come a time. When? I don't think man knows. I don't want to push it. Does that mean that I won't struggle with? Nope. I got stuff that still come to mind and I go, no, sir, not today. I can't. Got an appointment. <laughs> Man, if we would load our calendars up with appointments with God, we wouldn't have time for all the other nonsense. Nope, can't do it. Got an appointment with God in about five minutes. <laughs> This leaven is creeping in. And if you're not careful, it's going to destroy you. Okay. Pastor, don't be sorry. Okay. The leaven is creeping in. And if you're not careful, it may constrict you. Does that make you feel better? Now, you, see, you could, you could breathe on that one. and So now instead of you having power to overcome, you always have to have the pastor pray for your overcoming.
you got the same power in your hand. If you're a born-again believer, if you're a child of God, you got the same power in your hand that I got in mine. Lay hands on yourself. Sometimes I got to smack myself. Sometimes I smack myself knowing that the angel's already on his way and he's going to slap me. So I just, and when he gets out, I already done it. I have to believe there's nothing new under the sun. So I, I can't say that what I'm even telling you about that leaven is something new today because it's always been. But I think what we find now is that we accept it more now than they did then. Because the apostles would die standing for the truth. We die but I think we're dying the other way. We're dying spiritually and we don't recognize it. You should experience something new every day in your life in God. But many of us won't give the time to experience the newness of God because we're tied up in the leaven. Because we'll go back to the same thing and feed our mind with the same stuff. We'll listen to the same thing. We'll do the same thing. God doesn't, he didn't create you to live tomorrow like you live today. He says he takes us from faith to faith and glory to glory. So, I mean, we're always increasing, I would hope. There's days that I leave and go, wow, God, I don't even think I increased today. I'm so exhausted. <laughs> but I think we're, we're, we're losing because of what is being sprinkled in our life sprinkled in our family sprinkled in our children because what's in you is in your children you you want to you want to blame all the young people out in the streets it's not the young people out in the streets it's the parents that probably are your best friends and just because your kids scared to death because you will punch them in the mouth but they're out doing it they're just not getting caught they know where the cameras are at no i'm not gonna do it over there i'm gonna do it over here How you treat God as an individual in your own personal life, parents, is the same way that your children will begin to treat God in their own personal life. If they see that Sunday and Wednesdays is just something to do, it's just the tradition of the family, that's how they'll treat it. But if we treat that time with other people 
as a time of worship to God. That we've set aside time. This is sacred time. We, we don't set aside sacred time anymore. We set aside church time. And we just go to church and we hear the pastor and we go home. We eat. We don't even talk to our kids about maybe what was spoken. We let it go to the wayside. It hits one of the other three grounds. It don't hit the good ground. It hits one of the other three. Because 25% of you, that's all it's going to catch anyway. That's according to Scripture. That's not me. And, and this, is, this is detrimental to the church. It's causing the church to become weakened. How we rule the church, how we stand behind the truth in church, what are, what are we willing to lose that the truth may gain in us? What are, we, are we willing to lose the boyfriends and the girlfriends? Not the husbands and wives, but the girlfriends and the boyfriends that we're laying with on a constant. Now we'll go to church on Sunday and say, okay, well I lifted up holy hands. Now you lifted up unholy hands. That's what you lifted up. And you want God to be in your life and bless your life. See, we don't think there's any of... <laughs> For every action, there's a reaction. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. And you cannot expect God to bless something that he did not bless. And if he calls it a sin, my friend, it's a sin... I don't care how many times you go to church. I don't care how much money you put in the plate. I don't care how many times you pray a day. You keep living in the sin, knowing that it's a sin, it's a sin. And I'm telling you, it doesn't put a smile on God's face because you breached the house. You're trying to get to heaven a different way. <laughs> the Bible put it like this. If you come in other than through the door, you're a thief. Some of us are trying to work ourselves in. Some of us are trying to punch our cards to get it. If you get enough, get enough punches on those Starbucks cards, you get another coffee for free. You order enough pizza from Domino's. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, it took me back. I ordered my pizza and waited an hour to get it, and it wasn't even my pizza. I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad. But they made it right, and they brought it out with the lava cake and then he said I was getting my money back because they still a free pizza and I still had to pay I don't understand it. but anyway I didn't pay for the whole price but whatever so if you punch your card enough going to church Lenore you get into heaven it's a get into heaven free card no it's not <laughs> Look, all I want you to do is be on guard. Will you do that? Will you just at least be on guard? Pay attention to what you're doing. Pay attention to what you're hearing. Pay attention to what's happening around you. Pay attention to what you're letting in your home. It's just, and you fill in the blank. That's all it takes. It 
It's all it takes is just. Get mad at me. All right, you can turn me off. Well, this is meant for you. It's not meant for them. They, there is a them and those. Yes, there is. Jesus said it's not meant for them to know. But it's meant for you. So there's a them and a you. You ought to be happy that you're a part of a you. Isn't a you an animal? Isn't a you an animal? I thought it was. Everybody, all these other people look. See, I ain't so stupid. Y'all think, see? Y'all better research. I thought it was. <laughs> At least I was hoping after I said it. There is a them and a you. <laughs> You're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. You better get it out of your head. You better stop living your life according to parties. And you better start living your life according to kingdom. Now, I'm not saying that there's some good Republicans and bad Democrats. I'm not saying that. There are some bad Democrats, but there's some bad Republicans. There are some Republicans that just want the money. You can call it what you want. I, I, don't, really, I don't really care your thought, feeling on politics. I don't really care. Don't mix church and politics. No, just get over it. How about that? Because we're going to mix it. Because you need to get in line with the word, not with your party. I hope y'all don't have a Republican sticker or a Democrat sticker on your car. I'm going to tear it off. <laughs> come on, we all, wait. we all make fun of this and we laugh. At, Let's go, Brandon. I mean, come on, we all. Some of you probably got that stick. Get it off your car. It's, well, it's just a little, I know. Listen, I was chanting too. <laughs> It's just a little. And then everything that we seen do wrong, he's an idiot. And every it's just, well, it was just a little. Then it's grown into hate. And then, it's just a, then it's grown into bitterness. It's just a little. It's hard to do what I do because I know I'm going to offend some. But I'm doing it in love because I don't want to see your life seasoned with a little. Don't you know it could be just that little 
that keeps you from your next breakthrough. That, that little can keep you from the miracle that you stand at the door on. And I, I don't want you to do that. I don't want to see a child of the king ever stand outside of any door that he's already given keys to. He's given you keys to the kingdom. And it's dependent upon you which key you put in which door, whether it's going to work or not. We've got to be careful going up to a door of grace and wanting to open it, and we've got a, a leaven of bitterness. Or we go up and we think that now we're going to dictate to God how we're going to do it or how he's going to do it. Fill me, fill me with the Holy Spirit, but don't put me on the pews like you did with sister such and such. Uh-oh. You opened up a door. God said, nice and gentle. Put you exactly where you didn't want to go. But he loves you that much. He wants you to know, listen, I'm God. John, you can't, you can't tell me how to do something in your life. Just ask me to do it and I'll take care of it. Don't tell me how to do it. Because I'm going to do it anyway. And it almost always it never comes out the way I expect it. I don't know about you, but I expect God to do things in my life. I'm going, God, I know you're going to do it. You always have. And I'm going to leave it up to you to do it. And then I'm going looking out the side window because I think this is where it's going to come. And it comes through the back door and busts me in the back of the head. But don't allow the things of traditions in churches to, to keep you confound. Don't, don't, allow, don't allow churches or people in your life that says, Well, I don't really believe that God's going to actually heal. Or, you know, the Spirit is. Listen, don't let that leaven in your life. I mean, if you want to be friends with them and whatever. That, listen, I don't want to talk about it. I'd prefer you didn't bring it up at dinner. Because if you do, I'm going to leave you with the bill. I'm just going to leave. I don't, want us to, I don't want us to discuss it. I hear what you said. You know where I stand. That's it. And you leave it alone. And it's, it's one of them boundaries that you don't cross. If you want to be in friendship, we don't cross this boundary. It's so, listen, you can believe one way and I can believe another way and we can still go ride. I just, I'm not going to let you talk to me about what we don't agree on. I'm going to turn my music up probably on the bike and just, rah, just hit the bike as loud so I don't hear you. Don't, don't allow the government to dictate what God can do in and through your life. And, and it's not what they keep you from. It's just the leaven. It's the stuff they sprinkle and you go, they're exactly right. I'm going to challenge you with this and then we close them. How many of you only watch one news station? 
There's one. See, she's the only holy one. She... Because this is backed by a certain ideology, right? We won't watch this one, so we're, we're fed and bred and eat and live and die this. Now, I'm not saying this one's, this one's right, so don't get mad at me again. David, I still want to ride motorcycles with you. So don't, don't think I'm saying this one's wrong. Don't think I'm saying they're right. I'm just saying the moment that you tie yourself to a party. Miss Linda, I'll talk to you because you, you, were, you were strong enough in your salvation to tell the truth and nobody else would. So I'll just ask you, how much easier would it be to hold on to God's word if you've got both hands to hold it versus one hand holding on to this and one hand holding on to that. Obviously, the grip's better if I can put both hands on it, right? That's all I'm trying to tell you. You can't, you can't hold on to that and this and think that this is going to stay true to you. Now, it's always going to be true, but it just might not be true to you. Because now you're going to go, well, I don't, I don't believe what they're doing, and blah, blah, blah. And they very well may be, they're, they're, they very, very well may be wrong. But don't let it turn your heart into hatred and bitterness. You're closing off blessings in your life. You can't walk with unforgiveness in your heart. You're closing blessings off in your life. This is, the, this is the only thing that you and I have left that will always be true. That's it. There's too much tainted stuff. I mean, come on, they go into the fights with the political world and all the stuff is going on. And then you find out that Republicans aren't passing a bill that they should be passed. And you go, well, what, what, are you, why, what are you doing? He's a Republican. You got to vote for him. Some people probably still will go back. Because he's on the card. I just want you to know there's things to watch for. Jesus warns us for three. Open your eyes. Pay attention. Draw close to him. I'm telling you, if you can draw, you can draw closer to him. Remember, we, we talked about that when he was in that crowd and he was in the center of them. They were talking, it's like 40 or 50,000 people and he's in the center and he spoke to his disciples he spoke to the ones that were close to him don't you want to hear what god has to say then don't stand out on the crust get close don't stand in the crowd 
get close. You can't even stand with the committed or the congregation because the congregation still isn't committed. They're still under convenience. If I ain't got nothing to do tomorrow, I'll come to church. It's the truth. If I'm not busy with something, maybe I'll... If I'm not busy, I'll go. Only, only if a pastor lets us out at 12. Because I got a dinner appointment. Places to be. Things to do. I'm going to leave you alone. Is that a, okay, she was just looking at me, I, I'm a little scared. <laughs> My wife doesn't speak, and when she does, I just kind of just, okay, I'll be quiet. But it just, uh, I was talking about the compromise, and, and, and I think we all have a little in us. I really do. I mean, we, we all have a little compromise in us. It may not seem drastic, but it's just a little. Let's stand. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm just done. We've come so far. We've got so far to go. And uh, we just have to choose what's, what's worth it to us. And, uh, I mean, because we, we can talk and justify to one another all day long while we do some of the things that we do and, and while we do what we do. But there, there's going to come a day when your self-justification is stopped at the gate. And you're not going to be able to carry in that justification. And, and I'm using the word justification because I don't want to use excuse because you'll get mad at me again. But, but we're only justified by Christ. That's the only reason why we have an opportunity to go in and actually even talk to Daddy. And uh, I just don't want you to go before the mountain unprepared we, we, we cry that we want to see God's glory we pray that we want to see God's glory but I'm really not so sure that we understand what God's glory will bring we just think it's the good stuff you look through scripture God's glory brought death too it brought punishment. It brought pain. Um, so don't don't let these things that seem like a little get in the way of the big things that God has for you.
And I probably shouldn't even have said that statement because I'm tired of preaching about what God has for you. I want to start preaching about what do you have for God. Because what God had for you, he already gave it. And that very one that he gave died for you. And if we are that selfish, that we serve a God for what we can get from him, how dare you? Think about it this week. Why do I serve God? And, and try, don't try to force yourself not to give yourself a religious answer. I want you to ask yourself that question. Why do I serve God? And I want you to fight yourself over getting a true answer in your heart. Why do you serve him? And that true answer may very well be an answer you don't want to hear. But it's probably the truth. And if your answer is that you're serving God is other than it's God, I would ask that you check. Guys, there's nothing else. There, there's, there's not, I don't even... Yeah, there's an alternative, but there's not even an alternative. <laughs> we either serve him or we don't. We love him or we don't. God really wants a church that's ready to serve him. And I'm going to try to get away from that word too. God wants a church that loves him. Because it's out of the love that you have for him that you do everything that you do. Or it should be. And that means everything, right, Miss Linda? That doesn't mean what you do on Monday, Tuesday is because you love him. But what you've done on Wednesday and Thursday also falls in that line too. So when we look at what we've done Monday, Tuesday, and what we did Wednesday, and they don't line up, then we have to ask ourselves, do I really love him? Well, I'm glad he's more patient with me than my wife is. Because there's things I'll do that probably don't display love. And she still wakes up in the morning in the same bed with me. That's grace. <laughs> That's grace. <laughs> Thankfully, she's not God. That she'll just turn me over to that sometime too and not give me grace. She has to give me grace. Because God give her grace. We are to give because we receive. Father.